Welcome to Ensemble, where the sum of the whole is greater than its parts. This week's bite-sized podcast is going to summarize the most important stories in the financial and crypto world in just six minutes for you. My name is Dean, with me is Tim, and today we are your Ensemble. Well, Ensemblers, it's been a huge few weeks for Bitcoin and Ethereum, with Bitcoin passing the $30,000 mark and Ethereum passing the $2,000 mark. But we want to start with the macro and traditional markets and take a look at the at the Fed, who announced this week March's inflation numbers, which came in at better than expected at 5%. This news actually comes at a good time as the greenback, which comprises of six other currencies, which is tracked against the dollar index, traded at a 0.1% higher rate than the previous two-month low. So we are now seeing some value coming back in the US dollar. It does seem like there's some good news with the greenback moving in the right direction and with inflation continuing to trend down. However, as Joe Biden said in one Instagram post the other day, he's brought inflation down 46% in his time in office. However, that is a real case of what we call the base rate fallacy. Just to give some con- some context ensembles, 5% inflation this month does show a decline in the increase of inflation throughout the past couple of years. However, inflation of the corresponding month 12 months ago in March 2022 was actually 8.5%. So this 5% for March 2023 is on already the higher 8.5% number that we saw this time last year. So we're technically up the 5% on top of the 8.5% from last year. What Biden failed to actually also disclose in his tweet was the fact that it also comes off the back of the 2020 printing saga where the US government had to stabilize the economy through tons and tons of money printing. And naturally the debt ceiling was had to be stabilized down the line. So really a slight misinformation on that statement. But I guess don't let facts get in the way of a good story. The inflation and higher numbers that all of you I'm sure are seeing when you're buying grocery or filling up the tank is a much, much higher than what they are reporting. Let's move on to our favorite character in the technology and business world, who's had a huge week, of course, being Elon Musk. He had a pretty groundbreaking interview where he quashed a BBC journalist. He changed the logo of Twitter to the Doge cryptocurrency logo, which saw a huge spike, of course, in the cryptocurrency meme coin Doge. He started to allow for crypto trading by partnering with eToro on the Twitter platform. And of course, Dean, as we know, he's the co-founder of OpenAI. And this week, he's done something a little bit sneaky. So this week, it came out that he had registered a company called X.AI, and he is the sole director of X.AI. Elon has previously spoken about creating a everything company. We're not yet sure what it entails, but perhaps this is it. What is also interesting in the AI space is Amazon and Bedrock's announcement. So in a letter to the various shareholders this past week, the Amazon CEO had two main focuses. The first being on lowering costs of the AWS ecosystem to have client retention so they don't go over to Microsoft or Google. And the second is the announcement of Bedrock. So Bedrock is ultimately the easiest way to build and scale generative AI applications. The intention is now to have customers stay on the AWS ecosystem, use Bedrock as its AI generative application model, and not have to go to Microsoft or Google, who have partnerships with ChatGPT and Bard. So really a good announcement from Amazon to keep that client retention. 
This is in the middle of some huge discussions about whether the US or, or world should be regulating AI and everyone's starting to build infrastructure in the space and consumer facing apps. It is a ever evolving and fast changing industry at the moment. Tim, big news in the Ethereum ecosystem this week with the Chappella upgrade. Tell us what it means for Ethereum stakers. So this week we had the Chappella upgrade. It was the biggest upgrade in the Ethereum ecosystem since the famous ETH 2.0, the merge back in September last year. What they've done is they've merged the Shanghai and Capella chains, hence it's called the Chappella upgrade. And amongst many other small technical upgrades, the biggest focus here was that the Chappella upgrade allowed stakers to withdraw their Ethereum that they had locked up. So basically, in order to support the system and the proof of stake network, all Ethereum holders were able to deposit up to about 32 Ethereum in order to become validators. And that was locked up. So now Ethereum can use that for security and also to obviously use the money as well. And now they're able to withdraw. So to give some context, there's 18.2 million Ethereum that is locked at the moment in smart contracts that was worth at the time of the upgrade $34 billion or 15% of the total Ethereum market cap. So there was huge concern that once all of this Ethereum was going to be unlocked, those investors were able to then sell it on the open market, but they didn't. Everyone was at, there was a huge bearish case and no one was selling. In fact, the deposits outweighed those who were taking out their staked amounts to sell. So a very, very bullish case for Ethereum very bullish case for ethereum and what else we've seen this week is the fact that ftx has magically found 7.3 billion dollars of assets so we're now seeing the fact that creditors may have access to this 7.3 billion but perhaps a long way to go what was really fascinating here is they only essentially had lost originally lost of course stolen customer funds eight billion dollars and they then only could find about a hundred million dollars after that in their investigations we don't know where this 7.3 billion came from it's fraud at the absolute highest levels what i hope will happen is that those who lost money in ftx may have a better chance of being made whole but what i really fear might happen and there's some very very strange rumors happening is that in order for the creditors to be made whole and also the fact that they've just you know recouped almost 90 percent of the funds is this talk about ftx reopening with sam bankman fried sbf potentially being at the helm again pending his lawsuit so some crazy times in the ftx world again Crazy times, and I know we've previously spoken about it, Tim, but there is probably no way that I would go back to a platform like that, which is broken trust, and give them any of my customer funds, knowing very well that the CEO misappropriated them. I'd be Amen. interested to see what type of customer goes back to FTX. But moving on, Ensemblers, we also saw the launch of the Solana phone this past week, and it has come out at a whopping $1,000, pretty much the same price as any of your top tier devices. But unlike any other Android device, the Solana phone has what we call the Web3 apps or the Solana D apps, where you can find various Web3 platforms in store. However, it has been marred with many, many, many bugs. Some so bad that we don't even know whether this phone will be a success. So Tim, as a diehard crypto addict, would you buy a phone like this? Maybe if it was an Ethereum or a Bitcoin phone, but I think no one is using Solana at the moment. The price is really struggling and I don't see a way that this succeeds, particularly as Uniswap just got through all of their issues with the Apple iStore and are now 
operating uh, on iPhones. So I don't know who's going to be spending four figures on a phone that isn't made by uh, a Samsung or an Apple. Uh, if you're going to go a bit cheaper, you're not, you're not going Solana. Definitely. Finally, Ensemblers, looking at the market this week, and Bitcoin was up 8.5% to $30,300, while Ethereum was up a whopping 13% to $2,100. This really is on the back of both the bullish news from the Ethereum Chappella upgrade, but also the fact that crypto has just continued bouncing since the banks were collapsing in America and in Europe in March. This is primarily driven by Asia, and we're hoping that it continues. The rest of the macro markets also had some really good weeks. The S&P 500 was up 0.8%, the Nasdaq up 0.3%, and the Dow up 1.2%. All of those having their fourth weekly gains on the back of the banking collapse in March. Ensemblers, that's all for today. Keep stacking, hodling, building, and maximizing our ROI. And remember, you're not alone. You're part of our ensemble, trying to get a bit financially smarter every day.